It's a radio show that Australians all know. If you're rich or you ain't got a cracker. They tell stories so grand of this vast timeless land and they call it Sunday with Macca. They all call it Sunday with Macca. Yeah, they all call it Sunday with Macca. Get on with it, Macca. I will. I love y'all accents. That's that was Sonny Lee and Diane Mintz says, uh, Macker, I can't remember her name, but I'm writing about the American lady who wrote and sang Roll On for the Truckies. She was going to Tamworth, but I don't remember you interviewing her. Did she get to Tamworth? And did you interview her? Diane, when did Diane write this? She wrote this a week ago, last weekend, as a matter of fact. No, she didn't make it. One thing and another interfered with her coming, Diane, so um, Sonny Lee didn't make it. I'd love to see her. She said she's going to try and make it next year. Who knows? But I love y'all's accent. I love her accent. And speaking of which, Australia in the Afternoon, that was my friend Russell Brownlee, who runs a bookshop. He was talking about Australia in the Afternoon. And it's a thing you should notice, and especially when you're driving, if you're driving out of the city. Sometimes in the city you'll see a nice afternoon light, but when you I've just been driven up to St George and I was just thinking about his when I drove back and in the afternoon you see that it's beautiful. And I suppose if you're not uh, thinking about it, you just you know, take it in. But have a look at Australia in the afternoon, wherever you are. Fantastic. And some of the most courageous things, some of the most courageous things he's ever done is walking across the dance floor and ask a girl to dance. And that's too true, too true. From Nigel Gould, he says, I work at Yandakajina Mining for 17 years at present in the Pilbara, working seven-day shifts and seven-night shifts because I played the song Fly In, Fly Out. Uh, your song came on and at the end of my 12th, 12th shift after a night shift and it hit home to me thinking about my family and why I work in the FIFO style fly in fly out the lifestyle is what makes it and yes I miss my wife and five adult kids and seven grandchildren mining has been such an enjoyment for me the people you meet and share experiences with it's not the dollars you earn it's what you learn to pass on to others that counts I've talked to you from Weeper about the running of the bulls in the mid-90s. I remember that too. And in the Hunter Valley at Ulan Coal Mine, talking about coal. Our last talk was three years ago after night shift again, and I explained about our autonomous trucks. And even as an old union man, that is the future of mining. Well, after hearing that song, I think FIFO men and women are all like Jack Thompson's film, Sunday Too Far Away. That's lovely, Nigel. Good on you, mate. And Annette sent this last week from Townsville. Uh, who she now calls Drownsville, not Brownsville. She says, A strange consequence of Townsville's weather events is that you catch up with people you know from all over the place. <laughs> you get to pack a, pat a dog, hankering for a coffee, and chat to everyone who is Facebooking and texting from out of the ville. Uh, good luck, Annette, and good luck to everybody in Townsville. It's a tough time, but times will change. I've always had a soft spot for fruit pickers. Because I know how tough it is. And I haven't done much, but when I do it, I know how tough it is. It's just one of the toughest jobs, especially because much of it happens in summer. And the Australian summer can be really hot. I mean, you start, I mean, you start early. You can start at 5 or 6 o'clock as soon as there's a bit of light and finish about 12. But it's still a tough gig. When I was up at uh, River Sands the other day in St George, I bumped into Tamar. Come and meet Tamar from Tonga. Come and meet Tamar. I'm at the River Sands Winery. Great picking establishment. Talking to Tama. How are you, Tama? Good, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Where are you, where are you from originally? I'm from Tonga. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. How long have you been? I've uh, been in Australia for 20 years. Picking so, grapes and... Yeah, picking grapes. And I used to be a bakery before and I tend to the grapes. I like grapes better, I think, working inside in the oven. And why did you come to Australia? Oh, for many reasons. <laughs> I won't tell you. <laughs> Mainly working. It's pretty tough work. Oh, I like to work outside. Mm-hmm. I like work outside. As I, as I said before, I work in a bakery. It's too hot. Outside here, you can free and get the fresh. You can have lunch under the vines down there. And yeah. Eat some grapes and hear the birds singing around. and Beautiful. All those natural things. <laughs> Did your family come out with you? I had a wife and two boys in town. And Is there a little Tongan community here in St. George? Yeah, we have a, a little Tongan community and I'm the leader. How are you? Yeah, I'm the leader of the Tongan community. <laughs> so you're the bloke we need yeah. to talk to? I'm the boss. <laughs> There's a Tongan community in Australia too, isn't there? In yeah, there's a big Tongan community in Australia. Hmm. If you go down to Robin Vale, Mildula, you call it Tongan Vale, not Robin Vale. <laughs> there you you go. got so many Tongans there. 90% Tongan. There you go, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they're hard workers. Careful. Hard yeah. workers. Yeah. And, and your pronunciation of your name again is? Tema. Tema. My, my, my full name is Ani Tema. Fisi Hoi. <laughs> well, Tema, nice to meet you. And good oh, luck. thank you, Mega. Thank you for that. Thank you for your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. G'day, this is Macca. Morning, Macca. Robert Collins from Moray. How the hell are you going? Good, thanks, Robert. What's happening? Um, take my load of watermelons from Griffith up to Brisbane. Wow. <laughs> You've been travelling all night, Robert, or you have a sleep, or what? Uh, there's a bit of delay while we were loading, so we had my nine-hour breakdown there, and uh, I just finished a couple of hours down at the ladder. Go up to Bogatilla fuel stop, and then keep on going to get where I uh, get rescued. There you go. How long have you been doing this sort of work, Robert? I had probably 14 years in Telstra and then I did a career change when I uh, got rid of a heap of people and uh, doing this for about 20 years now. You like it? I get to see the country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you always carry fruit and veg or you do all sorts of stuff? Um, depends on which job. I've had different jobs, different companies, but he, uh, yeah, at the moment, anything refrigerated. So, count playing that, we can throw general freight in there as well. Yeah. And so that keeps the wheels moving. Yes, and what's it like out there this morning? Hey, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. And we're going to change our name from truck drivers to freight relocation engineers. <laughs> That's good, I like that. Freight relocation engineers, Robert. Yes. That's it. <laughs> anyway, Mac, I'm going to lose you soon, so you have a great day, and my heart bleeds for all those people up. North Queensland and the Fire Bank Casino and that, but uh, us people in the Brossa, we think of you guys as well because you helped us out a couple of years ago, but he ran off and went underneath. Is that where you're from, Robert, the Barossa? Yeah. So you, you take your truck across to, to Griffith and uh, pick up your watermelons and on you go to Brizzy? Yeah, that was just run. Um, I could go anywhere uh, in Australia except for Darwin, okay. but wherever my company sends me. Okay. Good on you, Robert. Good on you, mate. Good luck. Not a problem. Have a great day. See you all. See ya. John's in Woodburn. Good morning, John. Good morning, Macca. Beautiful, go. beautiful morning in Woodburn, mate. The slight, very light cloud cover, a bit of mist on the river, and looks like a pleasant day. The temperature, the thermometer in the truck says it's 19 degrees outside. And what are you doing in Woodburn, John? Mate, I'm driving a truck. Um, I'm an old retired copper, and I've just been listening to you this morning. 
and I think it's a good time for people to reflect on on what's facing Australia at the moment. Like you're starting at the top, you've got the floods, you've got the, the fires around northern New South Wales, the fires in Tasmania are just being put out, uh, all sorts of things like that. And ordinary good people coming to the help of other people and the emergency services people step up every time, of course, you know, and there's a cost involved in that. There was a, those two police shot in Gleninus a couple of weeks ago and we lost a paramedic in Queensland a week or two ago rushing to a job and the ambulance fell over and he, a poor, poor fellow lost his life. And I just think we should just stop and think about we're really facing a bit of a, a crisis at the moment and I think, it, and I'm not going to get political, but I think it's time the politicians put the silly games aside and had a look at the real things that are facing Australia and take a lesson from the ordinary person. The helicopter pilots, the lady was talking about, flying at night, putting fires out. There's a hell of a risk attached to that. And the risks that people take to look after other people, it really makes you proud to be part of Australia. And That's well said, John. That's well said. I've been thinking about the people in Queensland and the people in Townsville even, you know, and, and the flood sea. As the lady said last week when she rang, she said, I live in Cairns. And yep. she said, we, we're sort of used to floods. She, she said, but those people in Townsville, they're not used to that. They don't get yep. rain like that. And he, she said, I think they're still in shock in lots of ways. Well, mate, I was up, I was up there last week, last weekend, and I delivered a load of stuff up there. That, that, it's irrelevant what I was doing. But so you, you could see the look on the people and it's not to exaggerate to say that people looked like they were stunned. Mm. And, you know, I was in, in the coppers in, at Cairns for five years, saw a couple of cyclones and saw what, you know, saw what happens and, and how it affects people. But to the people who haven't been affected, if they stop and try to imagine what it's like when you've got a rain event like that comes, you've got to leave your house because of the danger and you come back and everything that you've worked for, everything to do with your children, your grandchildren, is gone. It's buggered. Mm. And... And you know the devastation that that would cause, and there's other there's other uh, damage comes. You know, ma- marriages and relationships bust up, and all that sort of stuff. And I just think, you know, it's about time that we stopped, had a look, and had a bit of a think about what is happening right across Australia, and what, almost si- simultaneously. And what really matters in life, John? Exactly, mate. And mm. and, and you have a look at the people who, who just come out of the woodwork. When, like the floods, we had the floods in Brisbane. I was involved in the 74 floods, but the ones recently, last 10 years or so, and the Mud Army comes out to help people. Yep. you got all the ADF people, the, the Defence Force people in Townsville, done a fantastic job when the floods were there, going into floodwaters in vehicles and everything to get people out. And, you know, it just happens and it rolls on because of the nature of Australians and the commitment of people involved in those sort of professions and we've i think we just should stop and have a think yep. for 20 seconds about what goes on i think you're exactly right johnny good on you mate um and uh nice to us uh, it's well said john and needed to be said good on you mate nice thanks to, Becca. nice to talk to you see you mate see you mate bye dave's in sydney morning david good morning Macca. how are you going yeah good thank you that's good um 
got my family here. I'm from Victor Harbour, but we're in Sydney today. Mm. Got my daughter in the Navy, and I'm waving, waving her off on the HMAS Canberra. Oh, that's right. I read about there's three, uh, three going, isn't there, today? There's a Canberra, and um, I'm just trying, to, just trying to find it. Um, there's three ships going today, aren't they? Going to the, yep. on, on a, right. exercises. Yeah, well, this Canberra, I know, is going for a seven-month deployment. So, um, yeah, so, so my daughter's on there. She's the navigator's assistant. Um, so she's a, gone on as a bosun's mate, but, yeah, she'll be on the bridge. Yeah, and, the Canberra, the Newcastle, and the Success. Oh, is that what they're called? Yep, yep, the other two. Oh, very good. So that's what we're doing today, and we're all very excited and pretty proud of it. And I'll, we, I'll say, and you've come over from Victor Harbour to say uh, goodbye. We've come flying up yep, yesterday, and we're um, my wife, and uh, she's a twin, so I've got Laura, mother, daughter, Laura Jennings. She's with us, uh-huh. and another friend. Um, to wave Kate Jennings off, yeah. So yeah, big day for us today. So I thought, look, I heard you talking about the ships before. I thought I'd give you a ring and good. say good day, and yeah, just mention that um, that's what's going on today. Well, you're in the you're in the big smoke. Uh, that's at Garden Island today. I think it leaves about one o'clock today, um, this afternoon. Is that right? Yeah. Absolutely correct. Yeah, big ceremony there, and we get to go on the ship and have a look around. Uh, amazing, actually, when you get on there and see how big they are and what they do. Oh yes, and they're all high tech and so so high tech now, aren't they? Yeah, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. But yeah, look, um, we're re- really looking forward to it and excited. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, that's all right, Dave. How's things in Victor Harbour, mate? Oh, Victor Harbour's fabulous. Yeah, we've got the um, um, horse-drawn tram down there, but at the moment it's going, and the, we're at the Victor Harbour City, and we run a motel down there. So. Um, yeah, a little plug there for us. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, we'll see you in Victor Harbour sometime this year, I hope. I'm going to try and do a lot of travelling this year, um, not only to places that have been affected by floods and drought and fire, but yep. just to get around and meet people. I don't think I've been to Vic- – I, I might have been to Victor Harbour, but um, – It's a beautiful part of the world, yeah, Macca. Yeah, you'll love to see you down there one day. Yeah. All right, good on you, Dave, and good luck to your daughter um, and, uh, yeah, all the people who sail on the, the – uh, Canberra and the Newcastle land the success. Fantastic. Great show, Macca. Good on you. You take care. Thanks, mate. Bye. The Prime Minister is on the line. Good morning, Scott Morrison. G'day, Macca. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Yourself? You've been travelling around, haven't you? Well, I've been up that way. I was up in Julia Creek this week. I was up in Cloncurry as well and um, saw it firsthand. And I just think the people up there are just cut from something pretty special, mate. Um, in terms of why they're banding together and dealing with what is just a real body blow. Um, we're working on our reconstruction package with them. All the local mayors, um, you know, Linda, Greg, uh, John, all of them up there, they are doing showing such great leadership up there, uh, keeping the community together. I was out in a place called um, Gypsy Plains um, with Robert and Jacqueline uh, during the course of the week. And I think one of the things that I don't think a lot of Australians probably understand, but I, mean, I know many of your listeners would, when you lose that much stock, that's generations of breeding in a stock. You just sort of mm. just can't pop down the road and all of a sudden get your herd back. People have been building these 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 herds for, for, for generations. And so that's why it's going to take such an effort to reconstruct. But um, I just wanted to pass on my best wishes to everyone up there. They were very generous and kind in receiving me this week. And, and uh, you know, I've come back. I'm heading, to, I'm heading to Bernie at the moment, mate, to do some stuff down at Tassie. But... Um, we'll be working on that reconstruction package this week and they won't have to too long to hear from us. When you work in a, whatever, 
work you do in life, and then you go and see something like that. I, that must have had a, an impact on you because I, I can just I saw pictures. Everyone's seen the pictures, but it's mm. to be there like you've had the opportunity to be there firsthand and, and seeing that. Um, what did you think to yourself? Well, mate, it's the smell that hits you first. You, you smell it before you see it, and uh, that was that was pretty confronting. But you know, it is. It, it, well, it, it's real. Of course, you know it's real. But it's a, getting the understanding of what you have to do on the ground to actually rebuild it um, is, I, I think, was the key thing for me and to get some really good feedback on how we could achieve. But people up there aren't asking for a handout. They're asking for a hand up. Um, and that's what we're, we're working on right now. And um, so, you know, we'll work hard to deliver that over the, over the next little while. The estimate is a billion dollars, um, the, the cost of all this. And, and it's the cost, of, you know, as I said, we always say when there's some, something's happening and you value the value yeah. the, the damage but there's there's more than that you know it's a, a lady rang last week about the floods in she was in Cairns and she said we yeah. have floods all the time here in Cairns and we sort of are used to it but in Townsville she said I don't no. think they are they never have rain like this and she said I think they're still in shock there yeah um, well that's true and, and then there's, there, there's shock right across the whole you know western Queensland as well it's it, it's it, it no one's seen this before no one's seen this before now I, I have a, I think you probably know a special connection up around Quam Curryway with my my family, the Gilmores, and sadly we lost Uncle Bill uh, earlier this year. Um, but they all remembered him again well when I was up there. Um, and so it, it sort of has a bit of a special connection for me. But, I mean, this is a part of Australia that if they're not doing what they're doing, then then we're not Australia. No, exactly. Um, and so it's not just about the economic loss. It's the way of life. It's what they do. It's what they've done for generations. And they all want to stay there and keep doing it. So our plan is going to be very focused on on rebuilding. It's, it's not about compensation, it's about rebuilding um, and that's what we'll be investing in. And everybody around Australia, I remember when the, the floods were in Toowoomba and Brisbane and that was a terrible time too and mm. and um, we did some things, we rewrote the Gumboot song and um, we went round with Gumboots and things like that because they'll all be in Gumboots up there now. <laughs> they will be but they'll be loving your songs and they'll love, you know, I mean this is one of the things about your program, mate. what was great about up there is how people are getting around each other and supporting each other, and they need to have a bit of a time to just try and forget things for five minutes. Um, we had a good night at the, the Concurry Bowling Club, which I've been to before. I wish I was there. <laughs> mate, it, was, it was terrific. And, um, and look, people were hurting, but they were together. And that's that's how it is up there. Well, we're going on the road. Um, we're going to try and get our little van going, like we had in the, when the G'day tour was on, because this this is part and parcel of Australia, isn't it? As you know, um, floods and fires and droughts and flooding rains and and we're just going to go on, uh, get our little van, and go on the road and take people up there and yeah, and spread some cheer, which is uh, which was what we need around Australia. When you look at the what a what a year we've had, what a summer we've had. Uh, yeah, well, we haven't forgot about the drought. Yeah. <laughs> when the, where, where there's not where there's not floods, there's droughts, and um, and when there's not droughts, there's fires. So it, it's been a pretty tough time. But I tell you, I get to do a lot of privileged things in this job, Macca, as, as you know. But there's no greater privilege than meeting Australians in these circumstances and just seeing what they're made of, they're, it's, it's, it's humbling. That's all I can say, mate. So, look, I'm going to have to go, but I just want Good to wish you. everyone up there all my best. Thank you so much for the way you received me. And uh, we'll be back to you soon, and you guys hang in there and look after each other. Where are you this morning, Prime Minister? I'm on my way to Burnie in Tasmania this morning. Um, <laughs> so we're down there. To, there's quite a bit going on with the big toll ship down there in Burnie today, which is really important for them. We're down in there yesterday as well, and we're announcing our new forestry uh, agreements. Uh, not, not the forestry agreements, the new forestry hubs down there. Um, 
they're a big industry too, mate. You know, there's 70,000 people in the forestry industry and, uh, you know, we want to make sure they stay in their jobs. Good on you, Prime Minister. Thank you. Thanks, Mac. All the best. Bye. We've been just commemorating five years, I suppose, of the First World War, but uh, at the end of the war, as well as other things like... Uh, to follow. Soldiers came home with missing legs and whatever, but often they brought home with them the Spanish flu, or some of them brought home the Spanish flu. With me this morning is Professor uh, Robert Boy from Sydney University, Professor of Infectious Diseases. Robert, good uh, good morning. You know all about the Spanish flu, don't you? Well, it was uh, our worst tragedy. Uh, over 50 million were killed, and that was more than the atrocities of war resulted in. Exactly. That's worldwide. And I think about 15,000 in Australia succumbed. Is that yeah, about, about, about that number. Um, uh, approximately 2.5% of people who got infected actually died. It's the highest ratio for a flu infection. So uh, Robert rang from Bruny Island, and, and the soldiers, 300 at a time, uh, turned up at um, Bruny Island. Um, I think they thought it was for a holiday, but they were being they were being quarantined. And I've got another little piece here about um, from the Albany Historical Society. Australian soldiers, it's a picture here. Australian soldiers from World War One are brought ashore in Princess Royal Harbour on their return. The men were isolated and quarantined for two weeks, pending evaluation of their contact with the devastating Spanish influenza. So we don't think much about that. We we think about the war, but um, the influenza epidemic. Spanish flu, I suppose, because it started, it was that it originated in Spain? Because we talk about the Asian flu now, don't we? Yeah. Actually, it was recognised in Spain first, but because it was a neutral country and had a free media, they could talk about it. It was already occurring in the United States, in France. Uh, it would... It wasn't actually big. It didn't actually begin in Spain. Mm, there you go. Now, and 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 compare. Why was it so deadly? Was it the fact that um, we hadn't nobody? You know, this was new, and there, nobody had any immunity to like the the modern flu. I mean, the, the the Asian flu always infects everybody during the year, but not every. You know, we we seem to have an immunity. It doesn't kill fifty million. It kills. I don't know, what, hundreds of thousands a year, but not 50 million. No. Uh, the Spanish flu has intrigued scientists for decades, and the truth is we're only a little bit closer to understanding. It um, certainly is more common and more severe in crowded circumstances. If your nutrition's no good, um, uh, Indigenous Australians have a higher rate, and we, we need to protect them with vaccination. Uh, but we don't actually know. We, we, we talk about a weird thing called a cytokine storm, merely... <laughs> a what? <laughs> it means the chemicals in our body react against the virus and against our cells at the same time. And they go to our lungs and they fill our lungs with inflammation. And that inflammation <clears throat> uh, can lead to a severe pneumonia uh, and a direct death from the virus or from a secondary bacterial infection. So we don't understand too well, but there's something about this virus which made it so much worse. It's thought that people who had the pandemic back in 1890... Uh, 28 years before, were actually at increased risk. They didn't get immunity against the, the, the Spanish flu. They got some kind of immune memory, which led to an even worse reaction. So it's very strange. Yeah, and it seems from reading this and other things, I've got, an, I've got another story about, not about that, but somebody mentioned uh, Spanish, that it seemed to kill people in, within days, a day or two. 
Yeah, they they were the ones that were noticed. So uh, as scientists, we 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 uh, we recognise that this this can cause death within hours or a few days. But there mm. were a lot of others who died after one, two, three, four weeks of pneumonia by bacteria that invaded on top of the virus. And and young people. I mean, when I yeah. say young people, yeah. uh, teenagers to twenty five or something. Is that the is yeah. that the sort of age? Well, it was really curious because not only young children, which always get affected, and, and elderly people. It was people in their in their twenties and mm. even early. 30s who were described as getting on the on the um uh, the tram mm. in, the, in the city to go to work and fall and dying on the tram so wow yeah amazing uh-huh. um i was speaking to dr robert boy from the university of sydney the last time i talked to you robert was um a while ago about nine years ago i think it was about vaccination for the flu wasn't it um, <laughs> i think a it long was. time ago um <laughs> well Time flies when you're having fun, but, <laughs> but it was um, it was certainly about nine years ago. How's all that going? Because people, the vaccination thing is still alive and well, isn't it? Yeah, Australia's getting better and better at protecting its people. We've got these improved vaccines for the elderly, uh, which gave better protection last year. We had much less flu last year than the year before. Uh, we've got um, a vaccination for all children under five now across all the states, which is a, a marvellous uh, uh, improvement. So that too keeps kids out of hospital and saves their lives. So uh, compare again the Spanish flu and the Asian. How many does the Asian flu or the flu we get every year kill world, worldwide? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the um, 1957, we got the Asian flu, mm. and that's not not around anymore, but it killed about 2 million worldwide. 1968, uh, we've just had the 50th anniversary of the Hong Kong flu. Oh, right. And and that one's still nasty. Uh, a, a, a form of that Hong Kong flu still circulates most winters, and it was the cause of the huge outbreak we had just two years ago in 2017. So the uh-huh. Hong Kong flu is the one that's still bothering us. It's called an H3 influenza A, uh, and that one causes really severe disease in older people, and uh, it too can be prevented by vaccination as you would expect me to say. Yes. Um, and how long have you been in, involved with the flu? I mean, is that, where you, is that how you grew up? You said, I'm, gonna, I'm going to um, uh, investigate the flu and that's going to be my lot in life? Or? Well, I grew up um, 30 years ago and I actually worked a little bit in Mount Isa and Cloncurry back then and I got into infectious diseases to prevent meningitis, the infection of the brain. Mm. And uh, once we got... Uh, good preventative approaches to that. I saw influenza as the next step, and so I got into that about 20 years ago. And the Spanish flu, I mean, not a lot of people really know about it. I mean, you hear about it, but you don't really know what sort of an effect it must have had because the war's finished and all of a sudden everybody around the world's dropping dead from this terrible thing that nobody knows much about. It's incredible. People must have been so resilient to get through all of those repeated insults and horrible circumstances and loss of life. I mean, we really live in a lucky country now. We're so well off and the standard of care is so much better. Um, but to have gone through all of that, uh, it, it probably also caused, um, you know, brain inflammation and infection and damage mm. uh, in those who, in some of those who survived. And it and it affected the South Pacific, the Spanish flu, really uh, markedly, didn't it? Yeah, it was amazing how island communities uh, uh, can be at much greater risk. So a, a boat went from Auckland in 1918 uh, to Fiji, then Samoa, Tonga, Nauru. Back, back again, and it especially affected. Well, there was an outbreak in, in in Fiji straight away, and then when they got to Samoa, people got infected so quickly that twenty plus percent of the population, more than one in five, were infected and dead within a month. 
Robert, great to see you again. You'll have to come in more often than every eight years. I think it was eight <laughs> years when you came in last time. What, I'd love to. What are you doing with yourself at the moment? Yeah. Well, we're actually doing some work in nursing homes mm. uh, for the elderly and looking at how we can better control and prevent uh, influenza outbreaks. Mm. Uh, you'd be interested to know. We're, we're also working with new types of vaccines that uh, can go through the skin and uh, are not painful and can be stored without a cold chain. So that's with friends up uh, in, in Queensland. So uh, we're working on a few things. And uh, the flu is a bit like the weather. I mean, you can't uh, you can't predict it. You know, some people think you can predict it, but you you really don't know what's what's up for next winter, do you? The coming winter, whether it's going to be a mild winter in terms of I'm talking in terms of flu outbreaks, or if it's going to be a you know a horrible one. Last two years have been one of the mildest and one of the most severe. Mm. So probably somewhere in between this year. <laughs> Hedging your beer should work for the Bureau. <laughs> <laughs> My guest this morning has been Professor Robert Boy from the University of Sydney. Thank you, Robert. Thanks for coming in. Good day, this is Macca. Hello there, Macca. Good day. Hi, this is Jenny Collis and Mark Fraser. We're up on the Monero, just out of Bibbenluk, and we're driving um, cattle towards Cooma. Uh-huh. Yeah. How, how long you been on the road, Jen? Since April last year. Wow. Yes. How many, uh, how many cattle you got there? Uh, at the moment, about 250. Wow. Tell us all about it, Jen. Oh, well, we, we started off in Nimbidabal and we went up to Adaminibi and we've been across to Tumut. Um, well, we got the BWs to track us over. Yeah. Uh, from Adaminibi to Tumut out of Brungle and uh, we've been at Bora, uh, Bungador, um, uh, Collector and and back down to... All Pink over. And all around back through Cooma that way. Now, Jen, are these your are these your cattle, or are you doing this for somebody else, or what? Yeah, no, we're on the long paddock for Matt French. Mm. Okay, there's three different owners. We had 600 uh, until about a month ago. We've come down to 250 now. So mm. I just wanted to tell everyone that it's a beautiful day up here on the Monero, and there's a bad fog. So we're about to release the beasts. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, so just warn everybody around the place to yeah to look out for you, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're up early enough. We put the the five kilometre signs up to say there's sheep and cattle around. So, but um, you, you like you, I can hear your dogs. You like this gig, Jenny? You like doing this? Yeah. This is the second year, uh, Mark's. A born and bred drover from Durangan. So this is what he does, yeah. Um, I uh, had a call last week from a lady. I forget where she was from. She might have been from, but she was heading into Cooma, but she said it was uh, one degree. So it's been reasonably cool of late, Jenny. Uh, it does get down to that, but it's going to be 31 up here on the Monero, just out of Bib and Luke. So um, it, it does, it's because of the nights are becoming... Uh, you know, a bit more drawn out, not so so long a day in the summer. But um, we're just putting out tape, electric tape now, and um, the cattle the cattle are so well behaved. You know, they they <laughs> they stay within their boundaries, and but it's just that they wander on the road and they stand there and they and they 
just seem to respond to people really well, don't they, cows? Yeah, I'll say, yeah. <laughs> Jenny, it's um, uh, I'm painting a picture in my mind. I wish I was there. I wish we were there with share, yeah. sharing breakfast with you, with all of us. It'd be lovely. It's a lovely <laughs> Australian thing to do, Jen. Yeah, no, it's good to listen to you, Macca. I, I didn't know you were really around until I was sat in the ute with Mark. And um, but you know, when you grow up with the radio to your ear rather yeah. than rather than the um, the big sort of. TV screen. Yeah. Um, it, it is. It's a lot healthier. People should get out outdoors more. Okay. Yeah. Jen, I, Jen, I've been around. I've been around for a while. Um, I, yeah. I don't know why I've, I've missed you. But anyway, there you go. Now we've connected, yeah. and that's really oh, good. Great. It's a beautiful day. So, okay, then. Thanks for talking to you. Uh, it's a pleasure, Jen. We'll uh, keep in touch, okay? All right. Good Bye. luck. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.